Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. In a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, and we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Uh, before we start with our podcast for today, again, we want to give our uh, quick shout outs and introductions to those around the world that are listening. And again, we are just elated and so thankful uh, that you're here with us to be able to listen and grow and to open up God's word. Uh, there are listeners from, oh, there's listeners from Belgium, uh, listeners from Portugal, and then also listeners from Costa Rica. That's cool, too. I, I think I had a couple students, um, actually a couple classmates of mine from Costa Rica, so they may be listening. So if you are, I'm so grateful that you're that you're listening there and that you're growing and you're studying with us. It's just it's it's a wonderful thing. You know, as Jesus mentioned in Matthew 28 to go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's so cool to see um, that this regular guy, you know, in Belleville, you know, that people are listening from around the world. It's just it kind of gives me chills, right? It's, it's a really cool feeling to know that the seed is actually being planted out there. And I don't know how it's being effective, but my job is just to get it out there. And so uh, I hope that we can continue to work and study and grow together. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. So let's get into our topic for today, guys. Again, if you're new to the podcast, uh, you can find it on YouTube um, and you can subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. You can find when the scriptures become real and it's there. You can find it on uh, Instagram. You can find it on 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 uh, on Facebook. Uh, just look up my name on both of those and, and you'll see links to the um, uh, to the podcast there. And if you ever have ideas or anything else, just DM me, message me, um, and then we can figure something out from there. All right, so let's let's get into our topic. So for today, we want to talk about, oh, Lord, thou hast deceived me. Oh, Lord, thou hast deceived me. You know, have you ever been, uh, how do I phrase it? Let's see, have you ever been so frustrated with trying to do right? Meaning that you're you're trying to do your best to do what the Lord wants you to do. Maybe if you're still living in the house, what uh, what uh, you know your parents want you to do, what other people want you to do, and you're trying to do the best you can. And it seems as if everything good that you're trying to do, maybe outside, maybe at school, you know, maybe at the workplace. It seems as if you're you're suffering for trying to do the right thing, trying to be a good son, trying to be a good daughter, trying to be a good, uh, a great Christian. You know, have you ever questioned why is the Lord doing this? I'm doing everything he wants me to do. I'm trying to be the best son I can. I'm trying to be the best daughter I can. I'm trying to be the best employee, whatever it is. Why is why is this happening then? You know, or have you even questioned the Lord's motives in your life? If you have answered yes to any of these questions, this podcast is for you today. You know, you think about sometimes it's it's very, it can get discouraging. You know, a lot of people, when they think of that word discouraged, they think something bad has to happen. But, you know, in some ways, it can be discouraging when it feels like you're the only one trying to do the right thing. So bad things may not necessarily be happening to you, but because you're trying to live up to God's standard, it feels as if no one else is like, there's no one else like you. 
it kind of feels like there's you're you're by yourself and sometimes you might say the same thing that we'll see that what jeremiah said lord you said you would help me lord you deceive me so that's that's going to be our topic for today and so we're going to look at a couple things here and i want to start here um i want to start in jeremiah chapter one so let's take our bibles if you will and let's go to jeremiah chapter one and let's kind of look at what's happening here so our main text today is Jeremiah chapter 20, but we need to understand what happens in chapter one in order to understand why Jeremiah feels the way he feels in 20. Okay. So let's read verses uh, uh, four through 10 really quick. All right. Let's notice what our text says. It says, then the word of the Lord came unto me saying, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I can't speak, I'm just a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee, to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. So remember, what's our what's our main theme here? Oh, Lord, thou hast deceived me. Sometimes I believe we as Christians today, we feel deceived when we go through troubles. We feel deceived when we go through troubles. Now, you got to remember, look at all the promises here that God gives Jeremiah. Look at the comfort he gives. He said, well, Jeremiah, I knew thee before you were formed in the womb. He said, I'll, I'll tell you what to speak. He said, I'll always be there. He said, don't be afraid of their faces. He said, I've set you over the kingdoms. He said, I've done all this for you. And so think about this for a second. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when you start anything, whether it's a new job or or a new whatever, when you when you start something and in the beginning, someone says, all right, well, this is going to be great for you. Right. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And this is going to happen. And so you're just going to love whatever you're going to do. But then as time goes on, what tends to happen most times? See, people don't tell you all the pain you're going to go through. Sometimes they'll just try to hype you up so you can take whatever it is. So think about Jeremiah. He's about to go and embark on a great thing, which is to preach the word of God. And so look at how it's being built up in chapter one. I know who you are. I'll always be there. I'll always take care of you. I've set you over. I've set you to do all this. So it's kind of hyping it up as, well, if I do what the Lord says, this is going to be great. I'm just I'm just going to go. And sometimes that's what happens with us as preachers. Sometimes when, when we get out of preaching school, when we get out of uh, certain seminaries, we'll go. Oh, yeah, it's I'm on fire. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to preach. I'm ready to start. I'm ready to I'm ready to do what we just talked about for two, three, four years in school. I'm so ready to go. But then let's jump to chapter 20. Now, remember, look at all these promises that happen in chapter one, right? Now, let's look at where Jeremiah is at now. 
watch verse number uh verse number seven. Oh Lord, here's her question. Oh Lord, thou hast deceived me. I was deceived. Think about think about what he said here. He said, Lord, wait, wait. You said in all the way back before, before I even started this ministry, before I even started the work, you said you would always be there. But why is it that I, I was just arrested? You said you would always be there. Why have they been beating me? You said you'd always be there. Why have I been putting bonds in stocks? This isn't what you've hyped it up to be. And so Jeremiah got to the point in verse seven where he says, this was a whole, this was one big sham. This was, a, this was a trick. Lord, you, he said, first, look at how he phrases this. He says, oh Lord, first of all, he says, you deceive me. But then notice how the, the sentence changes. And I was deceived. He said, look, look at what he's saying here. He's saying, first, Lord, you tricked me. Then he said, I shouldn't have, I've even believed you. I deceive myself. I shouldn't have. Do you see what he's going through here? Now, let's make some application for you and I. Sometimes, don't you feel that way? Lord, wait a second. You said if I obeyed your word, you said if I listened to what your word said, you said if I followed your commandments, you said you would always be there, Matthew chapter 28, right? You said you'd always take care of me. You said you'd always do this. But why is it that maybe this thing has happened in my life? Why is it that maybe this thing has happened in your life? Maybe this thing has happened in your life. Have you ever said, maybe not out loud, you know, maybe not even in a prayer, but maybe just to yourself. Have you ever sat there and said, Lord, you've deceived me. And then you look around and you see all of your friends not even following one one command in the word of God, succeeding, doing great. Everything seems to be working out. And you sit there and you're like, well, wait a second. Why am I giving all of this effort just to go through all this pain? They're doing absolutely nothing with their lives. They're not even listening to a little bit of your word and they're getting the reward that I'm working for. Lord, you deceived me. Lord, this whole thing has been a trick. Jeremiah said the same thing. Then notice what he says. Lord, thou art stronger than I, and you've prevailed. <laughs> Lord, you win. <laughs> you win. I can't do this anymore. You win. He said, notice now he breaks down his problem. He says, look, I'm in derision every single day, and everybody mocks me. You know, it's one thing to be in trouble every once in a while, but notice how he describes his pain here. He said, first of all, you said you put me over the nations in chapter one, right? You said you'd help me out. But why is it that the same word that you said would protect me, everybody's mocking me now? Why is it? And just to give some, some message to preachers, sometimes this is what happens with us. You know, and, and I've seen this personally, and it's a very sad thing to see. You see somebody come out of, of preacher school ready on fire, ready to go. Within one, two, three years after they come out of preaching school, things may not have turned out the way they thought it was going to be when they graduated. And the next thing you know, now they're talking just like Jeremiah. Lord, you deceived me. Lord, this word that I had so much fire with before, people are mocking me for what I'm preaching. 
people are saying that I don't know enough. People are doing this. People are doing that. People are doing this. You know, sometimes we deceive ourselves when we go through troubles. We feel deceived when we go through troubles. But we have to remember all the way like in the book of Job. Even though these troubles exist, guess who's still there? God is still there. And sometimes we we cannot let Satan distract us with our problems and get our minds off of Christ. Just like Hebrews 12 mentioned, Hebrews 12, verse 2 and 3. When we go through these certain things, he mentions to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, lest you be weary and faint in your minds. When we feel deceived, you know, when we go through troubles, we feel deceived. And that's where Jeremiah is at right now. But then, number two, as we keep going through this text, not only do we feel deceived when we're going through these certain troubles after we've been promised certain things, but then number two, and this is a big one for preachers as well, we feel deceived when we don't feel effective. What did God tell Jeremiah in chapter one? He said, I've set thee over the nations. He said, I've set thee over the kingdoms. He said, don't be afraid of the faces. I'll tell you what to say. Everything's going to be fine. But as, and this is application for preachers, but this can work for you as well. Sometimes as a, as a preacher, when we're studying the word of God in whatever school that we go to, we fall in love with it. Y'all like it's this, it's different. It's, it's one thing to like come to worship services and instead of the word of God during the week, which is a wonderful thing to do. And I encourage you to do that. But it's I feel like for me, it's a whole different ball game when you spend six to seven hours a day and that is your physical job. You get supported to go to this school and it is your job to sit there and to study the word of God under men who've studied it for years. That's a different level of study. And if you have the the right heart, and if you have the right attitude as you're going through that study, you'll find yourself having this type of, it's, I can't explain it guys. It's, it's a different type. It's a different type of love that you have for the word of God. The Bible is not just a special book anymore. It's not just a traditional thing. It's not just good words. It's not just something that, well, I should read this. Like it's something you literally, you literally fall in love with it, guys. Like it's, it's unreal. And you got to think about Jeremiah. I feel like Jeremiah here in verse, in chapter one, Jeremiah had fallen in love with the word of God. He'd fallen in love with God told him to say he had fallen in love with the word of God and what it did for him and what it will do for the nation. And so now notice how he feels in verse number eight. For since I spake this wonderful thing that I fell in love with. For since I spake this thing, notice what he said. He said, I cried out and I cried violence and spoil because notice the word of the Lord, the word that I fell in love with first 
the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me and a derision. But notice a derision for how long? Every single day. So think about Jeremiah and think about his love for the word of God. But think about how much he feels like it's hurting him now. Sometimes as preachers, we go through this. We have fallen deeply in love with this book. We've fallen deeply in love with its author. And all we want to do is when we teach, we want you to fall in love with it as we have fallen in love with it. But Jeremiah says, but when I spake this word, then it was made a reproach unto me. And I was in trouble or in derision every single day. You know, as a preacher, and sometimes even as a member, but as a preacher, it hurts so bad. I can't explain, but if you're a preacher, you understand. It hurts when it feels like the thing that we love the most is the thing and the reason why people don't like us. The thing that we love the most and that we've fallen in love with is the reason why people don't like us. I mean, that's a different type. I don't even know how to explain that, but that's how Jeremiah is feeling. He's saying, wait, I fell in love with this in chapter one. And now the same thing that I've fallen in love with, everybody else hates. You know, one thing that we'll do and one thing that you might do is when you love the word of God, when you want to teach it, when you want to study it, when you want others to study the word of God and others kind of can take it or leave it. Others kind of, well, I'll do it just because others will do it. Well, I'll just do it so he can stop telling us to study. Sometimes when you do that, you start to you'll do one thing, preacher and and Christian. One thing that you'll do is the thing that you love when it is made a derision, you'll compromise. Well, what do you mean by compromise? So when you get up and when you speak the word of God plainly as it is, and then people mock you, it's made a derision unto you. It brings you trouble. You don't want that to happen, do you? So what happens is you compromise. Well, how, how am I going to compromise? Well, I'll do this. Instead of saying exactly what the word of God says, I'll say it, but I'll say it in a different way. So I'll be the fun guy, meaning that when, when I come to service, I'll be the one that's always bouncing up around so everybody can like me. I'll be the happy guy. I'll be the one that's just always, eh, you know what I mean? Always just always on 100. I'll try to be the popular guy. You know, people that do that and preachers that do that, they're really in denial because they understand if I really preach this thing. I can't be the fun guy if I really preach this thing. I can't be the super 100, you know, on a thousand happy guy. Doesn't mean I can't be happy. Doesn't mean I, you know, that people won't like me. But at at, at certain times, when you preach the word of God, you're not going to be the most popular guy. When you preach the word of God, everybody's not going to want to come and listen to you. If you preach the word of God, you're not going to be the most popular. So what happens is we'll compromise so that we can keep what we love. And Jeremiah here, he, he realized, he said, look, this thing is a reproach. 
He said, this thing is a reproach. My um, encouragement to you, don't compromise. When, when you preach the thing that you love and that you've fallen in love with and someone doesn't listen, someone mocks you, someone says whatever about you, let them do what they do. Because that's what the word of God does, guys. The word of God is not here to make you popular. The word of God is not here to make you the fun guy. The word of God is not here for you to be the happy guy. You preach the word of God to help people. And sometimes the word of God will draw people near. And sometimes the same word that draw one person near to you will be the same exact word that will want someone to run away. That's the nature of the gospel. So don't fight the nature of the gospel. Don't 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 feel hurt because people don't listen to the word of God. That's the nature of it. Don't compromise who you are and don't compromise the message just so you can be the popular guy. If you want to be popular, get out of preaching. We're not here to be popular. We're here to tell you what the word of God says. Even Elijah felt this way. Remember when he thought he was the only one? He said, Lord, I can't, I'm, I'm the only one. But what did God say? No, there's 7,000 more just like you. Don't compromise the word of God. Now, real quick, for those that love to be extreme. Well, is Jordan saying as a preacher, I can't have friends? Is Jordan saying as a preacher, I can't do this with the members? Is Jordan saying as a preacher, I can't have fun and do all? No. If anybody lets me, I love to have fun. I love to do all these things. I love to have friends. I love to do all these things. But I also understand that those same people that are my friends now, I can't hold back what the word of God says for nobody. I can't because if I do, then the Lord has a problem with me and I don't want to answer to him. So as preachers, we need to understand that this is just the nature of the word of God. So don't quit and don't compromise when this happens to you like Jeremiah and even you as a Christian. Don't compromise when this happens. Just know that when people go away, when people mock you, when the word is made a reproach, just understand that's the word of God working on their heart. You're just the messenger. They just take it out on the messenger, but they're really mad at God. So we feel deceived when we go through troubles. Also, we feel deceived when we don't feel effective anymore. So therefore, when we think the word of God is not effective, then we'll compromise and try to be something that the Lord doesn't want us to be. And then number three, we feel deceived like Jeremiah when we feel tired of doing the right thing. Notice verse number nine. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor will I speak any more in his name. You know, have you ever as a Christian and as a preacher, as, as whatever, let me say this the right way. Have you ever felt tired of doing good? Does that make sense? Have you ever felt tired of always doing good? Have you ever got tired of always just doing the right thing? Well, what do you mean by that? You, you'll notice as you grow up, you'll notice 
that people will look at you different. Whether you're a Christian preacher, if you try to follow what the word of God says, people are going to look at you different. For me, it happened to me specifically a little bit in middle school, but more so high school than up for me. I feel like for me, and, and I, you know, I was doing, I was trying to do the best I could, you know, um, with studying the word of God and learning from my parents up to eighth grade. Right. But then once I got to high school, I could notice the difference. So I wouldn't do things that other people were doing. Even other Christian people, I, I wouldn't do those things. And so sometimes you'll notice a difference. And so in high school and moving forward, I don't know about you, but I've heard phrases like this. You're too good. You know, you, you're trying too hard to be too good. Jordan, you always follow the rules. Some people have said, I, I wish you were more normal. I wish you were more like I was. When you hear these things as a Christian and as a preacher, when you're trying to do the right thing, when you're trying to live up to the standard that God has for you, when you're trying to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Jesus of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as he commands everybody, not just us, as he commands everybody to do, you kind of get tired of doing everything right. And I've seen this happen in youth groups growing up. They followed the word of God. They listened to their parents. They did the right things. But then in school, people saw them different and they couldn't take that. They couldn't sustain it. So what happened is they, they, they did our thing. They compromised. So they would still show up to services, but their Bible wasn't there. That's, that's one difference. Then instead of showing up to extra things, such as maybe door knockings, youth rallies, other things, oh, I, I'll just be there Sunday. I'll just be there Wednesday. I'm, I'm going out and hanging with my friends on whatever day that was. They start to compromise. The next thing you know, they're there Sunday morning. Hey, man, you're going to be here Sunday night? No, there's this, there's this thing at school. Uh, I'll just, I'm just going to go on Sunday morning. They start compromising. Then on Wednesday, then you ask their parents, hey, where's such and such? Well, he made the choice not to come. Well, he was, he was too tired because he did all this before. Now, next thing you know, now they're in college. Now they're away from home. They've been compromising in high school. Now they're in college. And now I've never heard from them again. Because what did they get tired of hearing? You're too good. You always follow the rules. I wish you were normal. You know, people, Christian young kids, and even even preachers, and even even you trying to do the right things, this is what people get in our heads. No one wants to be with someone that's too good. That's the thought process that get in your head. And so I've seen this happen with our young ladies. I've seen a very sad situation um, of a young lady who's who said this. No one wants to be with someone who is too good. And what happens is instead of challenging yourself with a, a great person, then they compromise with someone who's on their level or below. 
And then what happens is they have the life that they wanted to run away from. It happens every time. What happens is people get tired of trying to live faithfully. And then we get tired of being intimidating to other people. I mean, I, I don't want to intimidate somebody. So therefore, maybe I'll go back on studying so I can be a little more normal. Maybe I'll go back on following the rules so I can be a little more normal. Maybe I can go back on being too good and maybe play this bad boy role so I can be a little more normal. Don't compromise. Don't compromise. And those that are compromising, challenge yourself for somebody better. Because that that person that's better might help you to become better. Aren't the, isn't that what we're here for? We're helped to challenge one another to get better. You know, and I say these things not to look down on anyone. I say these things not to crush anyone, but I say these things because I've had to do this for myself. Someone had to challenge Jordan to be better than what he was. Someone had to challenge me to do things that weren't on my level. Somebody had to challenge me to study more than I was. Somebody had to challenge me to be a better man than I was. I'm saying this to you because I've heard it before. And I've seen the effects of people being afraid to be challenged spiritually. Jeremiah, he felt the same way. He got tired of doing good. And so Jeremiah came to a decision. He said, from this point on, I'm done. I will not make mention of God and I will no more speak in his name. You know, it, it's sad that I've known of preachers that do the same thing. I'm just, I'm just done with this life. I'm done. You know, I, and it's, this is very sad to say, but sometimes they say, well, I just don't want this life anymore. I just want to be a, and I'm putting up quotations. I just want to be a normal Christian. I'm done. I'm not going to speak anymore. And I'm tired of being different. I'm tired of people telling me I'm different. I'm tired of people not wanting to be with me because I'm different. I'm tired. So I just want to be normal. Jeremiah said, I'm done. But watch how it changes here. But every time you see that word in the Bible, there's always it always means it's a change of thought. The thought process is about to change in whatever you just read before. Notice what he says here. But despite everything that I just mentioned in verse seven through nine. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones and I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. Think about this, y'all. What did Jeremiah in chapter one, what did he just get done saying he fell in love with? The word of God. So when Jeremiah was mocked, when Jeremiah was tired of doing good, when Jeremiah was in derision every single day, when Jeremiah came to a decision, I'm done. I'm not going to speak anymore. I don't want to preach anymore. I just want to be a normal Christian and just get by. Jeremiah said, but his word, the thing that I fell in love with in the beginning, his word was in my heart. And it was like a burning fire. That was in my bones. 
Christians and preachers, when you want to quit, don't look at what people say about you, what people think about you. Go back to what you fell in love with. Go back to your first love, and that's the word of God. So what? No one thinks you're good enough. The word of God thinks I'm good enough. So what? Someone thinks you're too good. The word of God says I'm good. Fall in love with the word again. Don't quit because of what people say. Fall in love with the word. Let the word be in your heart. Like, here's the thing, guys. You have to let the word of God fuel you. And what I mean by fuel is you have to be able to have the ability to when people do these things because of the way that that you're trying to live, because of how you're trying to live to the standard of the gospel and other people are afraid to do that. He said, you need to be able to fuel your own fire when no one else is there to do it for you. That's a hard thing to do. Imagine Jeremiah, everybody saying all this around him, everybody saying all this about Jeremiah. And he said, I'm done doing good. I'm done trying to do this because I just, I don't want this life anymore. Jeremiah fueled his own fire. Jeremiah said, but his word was still here. Brethren, don't let anyone snatch the word of God from you. Don't let anyone convince you that you're too good. Don't let anybody convince you about all these things. Follow the word of God and keep falling in love with this. Keep falling in love with the word. But also, as you fall in love with the word, keep challenging other people to do the same thing. That's what and and that's what I want to continue to learn to do for me personally. I want to. Because I know I know what it feels like to be afraid to be something more than than what I am right now. Meaning, okay, I, I was a Christian. I was coming to services. I was listening to the word. I had a great foundation from home, but I knew, you know, and other people were telling me, oh, Jordan, you, you know, you're, you're a great Christian. Hey, Jordan, you're a good example. Hey, Jordan, you're this, but only I knew this. I knew I needed to know more. I knew that, but you know what? I was afraid to be challenged. So because I was afraid to be challenged, I did just like Jonah. I ran away for two years and I went to college more or rather than going to the, the school of preaching and learning where I knew, where I know I needed to be. I was afraid to challenge myself with something more than what I was. And that's what I want to do for our young ladies, for our young men, for our preachers. I want to challenge you. I understand your situation may be totally different from mine. But you can look at the life of Joseph. You can look at the life of, of, of Daniel. You can look at the life of of all these other men and women in scripture, their situations did not stop them from becoming what God wanted them to be. They challenged themselves. Joseph's family hated him. His brothers hated him. But because of his family, did that stop him from challenging himself? You see, you have to challenge you. I had, I got to the point where I, and look, y'all, it was scary. 
I, I can't, bro. I remember the first day at the school of preaching. I questioned myself. I sat there next to uh, a friend of mine, Justin Bean, and we're sitting there. And as we're, um, I think this was like right before the first summer class. And I introduced myself and we talked for a little bit and we both said, dude, like we are so nervous. I was scared as all get out to be there. I was second guessing myself. The memory work was crazy. I was like, I was like, this is, I should have just stayed there and just be a normal Christian. But I'm I'm so thankful that I challenged myself to be more than what I am, more than what I was. Young ladies, young men, challenge yourselves to be better. Challenge yourselves to do more in the kingdom than what you're doing. Because what you can do is you can find yourself in this cycle of just existing. And I hated that. And I hope you hate that. You want better for yourself. Some people will stay in a certain situation knowing that they want to get out and they will suffer because they're too afraid to challenge themselves with somebody or something better. They're scared. Don't don't be like that because you're going to stay there and you're going to suffer. And I don't want to see that for you. So, yeah, you may be at that point like Jeremiah where you want to quit. You may be at that point like Jeremiah where you said, I'm done. But you know what? Get to the point where the word of God is in you. That you'll keep challenging yourself no matter what anyway. Brethren, the Lord wants you. The Lord wants you to challenge yourself. I want you to challenge yourself. But you can't get there if you don't do it first. And so you have a choice. Number one. Are you going to stay where you are, keep suffering in the same situation you're in, keep being afraid of being challenged, keep being afraid of wanting something better for yourself and just stand there and suffering? Or are you going to do something that you know you've needed to do years ago? Are you going to challenge yourself with the word of God? Are you going to challenge yourself to instead of being afraid of somebody, try to live up to somebody's standard, be better for yourself? Be better. I wanted to be better for myself because I knew I wanted to be better for me. I didn't want to ride off dad's faith my entire life. I wanted to be better for me. I wanted, you know, my big thing, and I don't know if the Lord has this for me or not. But for me, when my kids came up and asked me a Bible question, I wanted them to come to me. I know where this is in the scripture. I can help you grow. When my wife has questions, when she wants to know more, I want her to feel 100% confident to come to me. I wanted to have that knowledge to where I could share it with my family, that my kids could go to their grandparents, and then I could help spread that. But I knew at that point I couldn't do it, guys. So I had to challenge myself so that I could become what I wanted to be. You want a, you want a great family? You want something in your future? You're going to have to challenge yourself today. Challenge yourself to be better. So instead of walking around being like Jeremiah and saying, oh, Lord, you've deceived me. Lord, I thought you'd always be. Maybe he has been there for you, but maybe he's just waiting on you to challenge yourself. So maybe you're holding up your own progress. Have that word in your heart, guys. 
Let it grow. Develop yourself. Don't be afraid to challenge yourself. And you don't have to do it by, I didn't do it by myself. I've had other people to help me and I'm here to help you. And I know other people that can help you. Let's do this together. Man, this was just an amazing study. And then Jeremiah is just, Jeremiah, as you study this, it makes you never want to quit. And sometimes you got to go back to this text when you want to quit and just read through. All right, I got my fuel. I'm ready to go. Right. It's, a, it's an amazing thing to study. I hope you've learned. I hope you're able to challenge yourself and grow today um, as I was able to do uh, years ago and still try to do today. So I pray that you will continue to grow with me and develop with me. And whenever you need help, I'm here to help you through these podcasts. And, and I know the word of God is always there to help guide and to help to increase your faith. Lord willing, we'll see you guys next Tuesday for next week's podcast. Uh, Look out for that, and we look forward to being with you next week. Thanks, guys.